hey, you're in the right place. This is your big small business where the conversation is A plus and the language is PG-13. If you're anxious, awkward, and an entrepreneur, we've got practical solutions to everyday small business struggles. Today's episode, we're talking about difficult client emails and how to craft the perfect response. Joining us is Amber Foster-Smith, a photographer, owner of Studio 557 Creative Coworking Space, and owner of Vend Raleigh. As always, I am your friend and fellow business badass, Teresa Porter. Today's advice, uh, if you mumble it in the shower, you probably shouldn't put it in an email. All right, let's do this. All right, we're so excited today. We are joined by Amber Foster Smith, and she is of um, Amber Foster Smith Photography here just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. She's technically in Holly Springs, and we are so pumped she's with us today because really, I think if we talk about it, the the best way to describe Amber is multi-passionate. She is a woman who has three small <laughs> three small businesses and two smallish kids. Um, and on any given day, she is busy with all of the above. So the thing that I love most about Amber is even when she's busy, she's not wearing it as a badge of honor. She's just super productive and focused on making an impact on people in her community and fellow entrepreneurs, especially women. She's done some amazing things in our area and including running Vend Raleigh, which you might've heard of, V-E-N-D, Vend Raleigh. They focus on kind of all the same things Amber has built her life around, connection, empowerment, education, and like we like, helping fellow small business owners. We're super excited because Amber's latest and greatest venture is Studio 557, which will be a awesome creative co-working and workshop space, bringing together fellow multi-passionate creative entrepreneurs to kind of exist in the same space, feed off of each other's energy. And we can't believe Amber has stepped away from the baseboards, the painting and the light fixtures to join us today as we talk about client emails, everybody. This is Amber with Amber Foster Smith Photography, Vend Raleigh and Studio 557. It's a mouthful, Amber. You do quite a few things. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh, you make me laugh so hard. I am so happy to be here. And yes, I am very excited to be stepping away from baseboards, light molding, um, puttying, painting, and all of the things. <laughs> how's it How's it going right now? How is the studio project? Oh, it is going. It has been a long time coming. We first started looking at spaces in April of 2019. So it has been a long journey and the build-out process is about 10 times longer than we assumed. Um, but we're near the end. So we're just at the point where we're waiting for the building to receive its final inspection. So we can do those final inspections on our end and then get to opening, which is what I'm excited about. I can't wait to finally get past all of this, you know, in between phase and get back to creating and connecting again. I miss it so much. And in a pandemic, you know, we're kind of limited. So well, you know, you say pandemic, and I think it's been kind of a weird time for all of us, but at the same time, we know it's not for forever. And, you know, speaking as a photographer in the area connected with other photographers, just like you are, I know that the need has been there for a very yes. long time to have this kind of, to not just have a physical space that is walls and structure and a place to use desks, lights, baseboards. Yeah. But to actually have a space where we can bring our energy together, because I think so yeah. many of us create alone. So it is, it's going to be yes. nice to have us all together for sure. It's one of the well, jokes we say, we're more than just a desk and four walls. 
Very true. I mean, very true. It's about that environment and having the energy when, when everybody comes together. Yeah. Um, so today we're talking about a fun topic. Oh, we're I talking know. talking about <laughs> difficult client emails. So I, I know all of us, and no matter what your industry is, no matter what your business is, you have probably had an uncomfortable email, a disappointing email, a disgruntled email. We've all had various <laughs> forms. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and I, you know, when I pitched this to Amber, I said, Amber, come on to the podcast and tell us about the worst emails you've received. Um, and so she has, she just has one in mind today, although I'm sure there's many yeah. we could have picked from. Um, so we're <laughs> going to talk about that email. And then we're going to talk about, you know, what we should do as business owners to make sure that our response to emails is professional, appropriate, and gets our message across without being too cringy um, and sometimes swallowing the things we really want to say. So with that in mind, Amber, that was your setup. Can you tell me a yeah. little bit about the email we're going to hear today? Give us the setup. Give us the rundown on the situation. Yes. Oh, so when Teresa asked me immediately, I had this one client experience, not even an email, an experience, you guys, um, because it was interesting from beginning to end. I've had a few good, like random emails that I could have pulled, but I think this one I wanted to share because it was not only a mix of just, uh, not only just client emails, but then phone calls and in-person awkwardness, you know, even thinking about it again, made my anxiety levels just go through the roof. Thank goodness this one is over, but um the story, the kind of setup behind it is I met a couple at a bridal show um, and they were getting married. They weren't getting married here locally. So they just wanted to hire me on for an engagement session. Super excited. They seemed really nice. Talked with uh, the bride over the phone. We did all of my normal pre-client um, discussions and we talked about what they wanted to do, where they wanted to go, how my process works, what they can expect from me, all of those things. We did that over the phone and then um, they didn't have time to meet in person. So we did it over the phone. And then also as a backup, I always email out everything that we talked about over the phone by email. And I say, this is so that you can share it with, you know, your partner or whoever um, is that decision-making part of your process. So that way, that's always been my thing of hopefully no lines get missed in the process. Uh, so session ended up going great, really excited. We had a great time uh, and I am an in-person sales photographer. So for those of you who don't know what that means is that instead of delivering my clients, all of the digital images, um, they come and they meet me for a full service where they get to pick out their favorite digital, uh, favorite images, and then choose what they want to do with them rather than just get dumped with a whole bunch of digitals. So about 10 minutes before their reveal session, the husband calls me and he is angry, you guys, like really angry. Um, and he says, I don't even know why I'm coming. And I said, well, I'm really excited because I'm going to show you all of the portraits that we captured together. And, you know, we had talked about doing save the dates and I was telling him how excited we were to do these different things. And before I can even finish my sentence, he goes, well, but if you're giving me all the digitals, why am I coming in to see you? And my oh, heart dropped. No. And I said, oh, okay. And as much as I wanted to be like, are you crazy? You don't, that's not how this works. I said, okay, well, um, and I reiterated to him some of the things that I had already shared with his fiance. We had even talked about it during their engagement session. Smooth things over the best that I possibly can. I said, just come on in. You know, you're already on your way. Um, we can talk about it more once you get here. But you guys, my anxiety was already like through the roof at this point. I'm like, what am I going to do? So that means he doesn't even know my pricing when it comes to digitals. This is, this is going to be a disaster. 
they show up. And overall, considering how it started, I felt that the reveal session went pretty good. Um, they had decided on some save the dates, decided on a few prints. Um, and at that point in time, I designed their save the dates after they left. Now I do it as part of their reveal session. Um, so I went after they left to design their save the dates, sent them back, didn't hear from a couple days, checked back in. And then this email is the one that I got. Um, the groom to be responds, thanks so much. They look great here. I have um, attached my notes below and I look and it is the save the dates that have been red line circled with all of his notes, including I would like a different type of font that's blah, 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 and has all of these requests. And I would like to increase the spacing here and then has circled every little spot in the picture that he wants oh, cleaned no. up. Oh, it, no. These are five by seven save the dates. Like I, the proof is 10 times bigger than it's ever going to be printed. And so um, he circled everything and I'm like, okay, you know what? Fine. Okay. And then I continue to read the email and it goes on to request that he would like to have me quote, Photoshop his fiance's body in different places to change her body shape. Oh. And at this point I am furious. Like as a woman who is a huge advocate for body positivity, no matter your shape, your size, nothing. I was angry because here was a man telling me to quote, Photoshop his fiance to be. I'm like, okay, take a big deep breath. Yeah. What are we gonna do? All right. Um, so I kindly emailed him back and said, thanks for your input on the save the dates. I basically did whatever he wanted as far as changing the spacing. At that point, it was a client's preference, not design principles anymore. Um, but when it came to the body modifications, I said, um, you know, thanks for letting me know about the additional portrait editing that you would like to request. Those types of requests are outside what we traditionally do, which include um, blemish removal, stray hairs, uh, wrinkles in shirts, etc. Said any type of body modification um, is something that we outsource. Here is what that fee would cost. Please discuss it with your fiance and at her approval, I will send those off. So what I did was make sure that he knew that this was outside of our scope of what we provide, what it would cost, and then said, I will only do it with your fiance's um, approval, to which he very quickly emailed me back and said, well, um, I have asked you to do it, so I would like it Ooh. to be done. Oh, I, wow. oh, girl, my, 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 I'm even furious right now. I can feel my cheeks getting red just rethinking this. Um, and I was so mad. I was so mad and I was so angry. And I'm like, okay. Again, emailed him and reiterated. Um, if you guys would like to have a conversation over the phone about it, I'd love to. But unless I hear from her, that is not a service that I will provide. Wow. Well, he emails me back and says, well, since it's going to take an extra three days to get those turned around, we'll just go ahead and move forward without them. All right. Everything gets in, groom then requests to come and pick up the products because he wants to quality control check them before uh, he brings them home. 
said, fine, no problem. Here's the crazy thing, you guys. He shows up to the studio, tells me, thank you so much for this amazing experience that he's had. He had the best time. It was unlike nothing he had ever experienced before. He was very impressed with my um, customer satisfaction and what I did to go above and beyond to make sure that they were happy, um, reiterated all of these things. Um, then went on to go ahead and tell me that he thinks that most of the communication breakdown between his wife and I was due to a language barrier, which you guys, I promise you, I talked to her quite a lot and there was no language barrier. Um, but then went over to kind of cover up his self on things. And I said, okay, well, you know what? He walked out of the room, he was happy and he sounded like a raving client, which actually made me breathe a sigh of relief. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I handled this well. Um, and the end of the story is about two weeks later, while I'm in the most stressful time of my life over the course of a five year period, probably, um, I get a notification for Facebook that I have received a three-star review. Oh. And I go in and it's from this guy. And he went on to talk about um, feels like there was poor failure to communicate. I'm way overpriced for what I give, et cetera, et cetera. I calmly walked away, took 12 hours to breathe it in, um, formulated a response, let it go, just said, you know what, we're done, let it go. Only three days later to have his uh, fiance leave another three-star review, but this time with no comments. So it's not like I could really respond back to it. I did, but um, so yeah, it was a, um, you know, a nightmare client. And I think what just yeah. makes me mad was that when I looked back at it at the end, I feel like, you know, there's some places that I could have tightened up and, and learned from. So, but my best learned experience was from this. Of no matter how much I try my best to communicate, we can't control how our clients communicate with one another. True. Very true. Can I ask you, how yeah. did you, when you were in the earliest steps of the, of working with them, did you feel like there was a moment where um, they lost trust or never had trust or tried to assert control over the situation. Sometimes I feel like when you get to the end of it in the totality of the picture, you see, <laughs> yeah. uh, wow, there were, there were these early indications. Did you have yes. any early indications that this was going to go awry? No, not really. Um, there have been a lot of clients in the past where I've seen those red flags and I kind of step back and, you know, I've never thankfully had to tell a client, Hey, I don't feel like you're a right fit. Thank goodness. Most of those things have worked their way um, out naturally, but no, nothing. I mean, when I met them, it was a great first meet. Um, I had a lot of great conversations with the wife to be over the phone. Um, I felt that we had developed a really good relationship. The day of the session went excellent. Um, they were really excited, all of the things. It wasn't until I got that first phone call on the way to the reveal session from the, from the groom where, where it hit the fan and I knew things were not going to be looking up afterwards. <laughs> What's interesting is I sometimes feel like there's two camps of people that come in the door and say they didn't understand. People who really didn't understand and because they didn't have the information either from me or from their partner or spouse. And also people who come in and say they didn't have information, but are, are using it as a, um, a tool or a negotiation technique. Yes. Did he use it as a chance to, and now I know some of your conversation didn't happen specifically over email, but the same principles apply. 
did he use that feeling of lack of communication or lack of understanding to try to to get something out of you or was it truly just a why am I here I don't I, I really don't get it um good question and that's I think one thing that I struggled with was that I'll never know for instance because he explained it as um that his wife didn't understand um and that she was unclear to mm. which I mean and maybe that was the case who am I to say um right. but you know it was in my contract that that actually you know that they signed that says you know digitals are not included all you know all products are a la carte um it was in the contract they signed. It was in the original email, like explaining what it was. It was in our original communication with the day I first met them, what, you know, what to expect. It was in communication over the phone. And so I know that he knew at some point whether or not he read it, remembered it. I don't know. Um, yeah. I am very confident that she did. Um, but I do, I feel like looking back on the situation, I think that they had trouble, a lot of trouble communicating. Um, right. And so I feel that uh, particularly that, you know, there's probably a good chance that she didn't tell him, she didn't tell him what to expect and whether that was purposeful or accidental, I don't know. Um, I have had a few clients over the years who I awkwardly realized that they did not inform their husbands that they had a full price list before they walked into their reveal yes. session or um, that the album and the wall art that they told their husband ahead of time that they wanted, they just didn't attach a price to it when he said, sure, honey, whatever you want. Um, <laughs> so I don't True. know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you feel like um, your communication strategy leading into the, the disagreement to when it kind of fell apart, do you feel like your communication was, was fairly tight and this was just one of those fluke things that happens? Because it sounds to me like you are so solid in your business principles that you've been able to kind of say confidently, no, we talked about it on the phone. We've, we followed my steps. We always follow the steps. <laughs> yeah. um, tell, tell me a little bit about, about that part of it, about the, the pre before it all goes bad. Yeah. How do you, how do you secure it? <laughs> so does yes. um, I think I heard you talk about this actually last week, talking about the, you know, when somebody says, oh, you know, you didn't tell me. And I'm thinking back, like, I know that I would have told you at time A, B, C, D, and E. So even if I missed time B and C, I know I told you at A, you know, D and E, like, I know that I've told you enough times that even if I missed it once, or even if I missed it twice, I know, you know, um, it's on my website. It's in all of my communications. Um, and the one thing that I feel that uh, with my client experience that I'm always very, very meticulous about is making sure that I treat all of the clients with that same very attention to detail experience from, you know, from the very first meet until, you know, I send them on their way when we part at the end. Um, I even have timelines that say, um, I even have a, like a template basically that is my workflow that I attach to the outside of their folder that then has dates and check marks saying on X date, I entered them into the software on X date. We had our location and wardrobe consultation on X and I check them off. Um, all of my emails are done by templates. I take a base template of making sure that I have all of, you know, everything that I need in that one email. 
and then I customize it, you know, with the personalization of what I'm excited about with their session, something that's unique to them, but that meat, that core of it is always the same. So I know that everybody is hearing the same things over and over again. Um, so I think having those, that workflow or those principles that you are making sure that you hit with every single client, make sure that you know that you're doing the same things every time. Um, but that was actually one thing that I learned after this experience was, hey, maybe I think that my emails are clear, but maybe they're not. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe, um, maybe I'm being too wordy. Maybe I'm not being wordy enough. Uh, and so one thing that I started doing was, I, I actually was a great experience for me, was um, I used to have work with interns through Wake Tech uh, when I taught photography over there. And so every semester when I had a new intern come in, I had them read over all of my email templates and I had them read over my entire website. It was like their day two activity. And I said, is there anything after you read all of this that you don't understand isn't clear or, and then I would also ask them later on in the process, like, hey, do you think there's a better way I could explain this? Or do you think there's a better way to, you know, whatever? Um, so it helped me go back and try and make sure again that things were tight, that all of my communication was as clear as possible. That's awesome. If you're just joining us, we are talking to Amber Foster Smith, who is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, business supporter, fellow badass. I think every year she has a new thing going um, and excels at all of them. So we're, we're here with Amber. Give us just a second. We're going to be back with some follow-up questions for Amber about, you know, what do we do when we're feeling all these feelings about difficult client emails and what she thinks is going to help all of us make all of our email responses more successful. So give us a second. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back with Amber Foster Smith of Amber Foster Smith Photography. She also runs Vend Raleigh and um, Studio 557, which is her new venture. Amber, we were talking before the break about, you know, this really tough client exchange and client email you had. I think all of us can relate, even if we're not photographers, to receiving a, a difficult email. What would you say we should do when we get that email and we're feeling all the feelings mm. <laughs> your advice for us about that first moment when you receive that email. Ooh, depends on what kind of day if I'm having, <laughs> right? <laughs> so like, true. If I'm, already, if I'm having a good day, then, you know, that's one thing. If you're already having a bad day and you just really, Ooh, let me tell you what I want to tell you. No, I wouldn't. Okay. But we actually say that behind closed doors. We don't say yes. that. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I think it's, Ooh, how to handle it. Um, I think there are always often so many things that we want to say that we really want yeah. to say, but we should not say as business owners yeah. or just as kind, considerate people in the world. Um, I say reserve those feelings for when you call up your girlfriend to scream and vent or, um, in my situation, it is most often my husband, he knows everything about me and my business. And, um, so he really gets it and he knows all about my clients and he works a lot with me in my business. Um, but yeah, I will usually take a big deep breath. I think you said this before of how often is it that we get sidetracked by those client emails when we check something on our phone real quick. And then all of a sudden you're oh, in a panic yeah. because it's ruined everything you were trying to do. And now you are just in a tizzy, your anxiety's through the roof, you're angry, you're mad, you're feeling all of the feelings. 
I mean, the biggest recommendation as I have is to walk away. Yeah, you're right though. I like what you said about the, like the interruption to the day, because you're absolutely right. We are consuming email all of the time. Yeah. 99.9% of it, just generic, regular business things. And then all of a sudden this one pops up and inevitably it's at a moment you can't fully read it, can't fully process it. You just get hit with the emotion of it. You're absolutely right. You know, finding a trusted person that you can talk to about it offline, off printed texts, not over Facebook. And, you know, I think one of the things that someone once said to me is if they will talk about others to you, they will talk about you to others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if we're constantly on Facebook talking about negative client experiences, even if they are incredibly true, it is going to influence how your clients perceive how you work with fellow clients. Exactly. Um, So I like that you have your, your spouse to vent to. I have my spouse to vent to as well. But I think we all have, (laughs) you know, and what's nice too, is there sometimes that outside perspective that we need to be like, you're reading into it. It's not that serious or, you know what? I love that you say that because that's one of the things that, um, I think is super helpful is that, you know, sometimes you want to talk to somebody about a situation that's going on. Um, and when you start, I say venting because it usually is venting. Um, I say that you should almost identify what you want out of your vent session. And this is something that my husband and I have learned over the years is what do you want out of venting? Do you want an ear to listen to you and tell you that the, that client has lost their darn mind and Amber, you have done all the right things. You're fine. Or do you want the friendly devil's advocate? Who's going to say, well, Amber, (laughs) did you do this? And then usually I will say, oh, mm, busted. Maybe I didn't. But, you know, I think it's very helpful because over the years, even in learning how to have a healthy relationship um, and, and even we jokingly say, and even fighting and, and not happy discussions with my spouse, we're always like, what do you want out of this? I'm angry. Do you want to make it better? Or do you want to me to say, like, do you want me to fix the problem or do you want me to listen? Like if I'm having a bad day, what do I want out of it? Honey, I just want you to listen to me and I just want to cry. And I just want you to hold me and tell me everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Or honey, I'm lost. I'm confused. I need someone to help me get through this. What do you want out of it? Um, so I think it's always helpful too, that when you get into a situation where you don't know what you want to do, that if you're going to confide in somebody else, you make sure that they're the right person too. If you're going to go to someone for advice, make sure that you're going to the right person for advice. Very um, true. Yeah. Very, very true. And when you, I like what you said too, about, you know, kind of wanting to know what do you, what do you need out of this? And that's for the venting session. But I, I would also say that's for the email response too. You know, so yes. many times what we want is to be understood or what we yes. want is for someone to come back into a good relationship with us that it felt like things were going great. What happened? And in a professional situation, you're not often going to get that reassurance back from a client mm-hmm. once a, a, yeah. a relationship has broken apart. And, um, you know, so I think there's a lot of asking yourself, what do I want from this? Sometimes I say in an email, I ask myself, like, do they care? Is it on them to care oh, about this thing that so I'm telling true. them about? And I, you know, that I think when you have a, a job that is a very person to person relationship based, very feeling, very sentimental, 
um, it can add to the complication. It's not, you know, you want this commodity, here is the commodity. It's, it's definitely a relational thing. So I love the way that you, you put that about kind of wanting to know what somebody wants from it. I think that's a question yeah. we ask ourselves about the email too. Is there a type of email you dread? I mean, we certainly dread the bad ones, but is there like a normal email you dread? Yeah. Um, can I go back to your last question for one Please. Second? Yeah. Yeah. Please. I was, Absolutely. I was, I'm like, wait, Teresa, I have something. Wait, I, I have got something, something on that. Like, <laughs> no, go for it. I have notes. I have notes. I was just trying to find them. Um, one of the things that I have heard you preach about before is when you are delivering what you refer to as the hard truth of an email, you say, do not explain, justify, or defend. And that one, I had to sit with that for a while because so often I want to do one of those things. Um, and so explaining the, you know, putting out the hard truth out there is a one sentence of this is how it is. This is how it works. This is what happens. Um, is oftentimes very difficult for me. And I think that's one of the things that when deciding what do you want out of your email, most often the client doesn't want an explanation or they don't want you, you know, they just want what they want and they don't care. Like you said, you know, does this person care? They don't care why you have something priced at whatever price. They don't care why this is. They don't, you know, that person probably didn't care why or why not my ethics were. I'm not going to quote Photoshop your wife. Like I don't do it, Um, but they don't care. And so me going off on a tangent of why I don't do it wasn't necessary um, and because it would have gotten me nowhere. But I thought that was one thing that really, really, uh, resonated with me of one of the things that you preach when it comes to the best practices for uh, client emails. Well, and I think piggybacking off of that too, that when you send an email to me and in an email is not a communication, it's not a back and forth, especially yeah. if you're delivering a hard truth, like this is my boundary mm. and you're not going past it. So yeah. when we explain or we justify, or we defend what we're doing is we're providing extra information and we're giving them things to respond back to as if it matters or as if it changes your boundary. And it doesn't. And I think about it, it's like, it's like parenting. Your kid asks you yeah. for a snack. Like how many times a day does a kid ask for a snack? You can't always say yes. And you don't have to explain. The answer is no. I have a teenager. So the answer but you is know, <laughs> lots of snacks. They just gave up. They gave up asking both of them. Yeah. Actually, both of them. Well, gave they're, up asking. They just... they're a little older, but you know, there's always that. There's always that. I think it's, you know, when you explain or justify or defend, you're opening up a conversation where no conversation is needed. Oh, so, that's good. So go back to, go back to emails yeah. that you dread that aren't maybe the emails we all think we should dread. Ooh, bad, yeah. emails. bad emails. Um, I've got templates for everything, girl. Let me tell you anytime that something difficult has come up, I write it and I save it. Um, I That's use great. Evernote for anybody who hasn't heard it. It's amazing software. They have a free version, but it's basically like an online version of those big giant five inch binders that you used to carry around in school. And you can have different notebooks inside of notebooks and all sorts of different notes. But I have client template emails for everything, for my portrait clients, for you know when I do, used to do weddings all the time. Doesn't matter what it is. I've got a response for it. And I always pride myself that if something comes up, I've got a crafted response. So um, the ones that I always dread are the ones that I've never experienced before or 
Um, <laughs> the Yeah, something new. I'm like, I've been doing this for a long time. There shouldn't be something new. I should have experienced most of it by now. Um, but the ones that always throw me off are something that is new, uh, a new or a different ask, <clears throat> excuse me, is a new or a different ask for some type of either photography or activity or something that I've never done before that I don't know how to price accordingly. And I really, really, really want to do it, but I value my time and I need to price accordingly. But I'm afraid that I am going to price myself out of the opportunity and FOMO. Right. And then you're not going to be able to do it. I actually, you guys, here's the perfect response. I just texted Teresa last week in a tizzy because I had an opportunity and I really, really wanted to take care of it. And I'm like, uh, my usual way of going about this uh, isn't working right now. I, I made sure that I knew the right person to call and ask. And I said, Teresa will be the right person to call and ask. And I sent her a message and I was like, hey girl, quick question. And it was like, I just needed a val- like someone to verify for me, like my thought and my train of thinking yes. was correct. Um, but that email, oh my gosh, I stumbled over it so many times. And um, it was because I wanted to do something and I was afraid that they weren't going to see my value in it or, yeah. you know, shoot, I probably would have done it for free, but I don't want to set that standard for the industry. So interesting. I think you have hit on the crux of every difficult email, which I don't even know <laughs> I could have formulated, but it is the, it's when we personally want or need something and yes. we have to communicate it in a way that it's not always just setting boundaries. It's because sometimes those are easier. Firm boundary doesn't change. It's the yeah. ones where it's something new and you want something out of it. Yes. And, you know, I know that the opportunity you're talking about, and it's like a, can they afford it? I don't know what's in the budget. I'm not sure. And what we're doing is we're not saying, Hey, this is what I have to make per hour. We start to get into crazy world, which is, but I really want to do it. So I would do it for free, but I can't tell them that because I have business. Exactly. And it is our own circular logic that makes those emails difficult. And, Oh yeah. It has nothing to do with them. It was my own mentality, like fighting with myself of, am I good enough? Like, should I charge this? You know, what do I tell them? Is there a way that I can open up a door, you know, to ask them what their budget is so that I can, you know, perhaps do this accordingly. But yeah, uh, that entire email strain was just in my head. I was in my own head and didn't know what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what we can go back to templates in a second. It's the ones that are template busters that that throw us off (laughs) so much. And, you know, one of the things that I've, I've found is really helpful is when I'm feeling like I don't have all the information I need to really help them um, and to give a quote, you know, you're asking for a quote, this is not yes. something I've done before, is to get them onto the phone and say, listen, can I just be candid with you, other person on the phone? Um, I really want this opportunity. I think it would be amazing. This is what my standard issue rate would be. Yeah. Can we have a candid conversation about what what is available there? What opportunity is there? Because if not, then let's, if not, then let's follow up with further things that we could do, you know, other opportunities that this could lead to. And that back and forth is a conversation. Therefore, in my mind, shouldn't totally happen over email. Unless of course you're designing by committee and there's 50 people. And when those things are not just not easy communication patterns, 
tell me about your template emails. There's a ton of photographers that sell templates. How do you feel about templates you can purchase? Do you think that's a good way for a new, if a new business person is, is listening to this call, is that something good for them to do or not? Or how did you build your, your template inventory? I love that. That's a really good, great, great question. Um, Mm, I say that it really is going to depend. Um, and here's why I say that. I think it goes back. Remember how I said you need to decide who you're going to vent to and make sure that you're asking the right people. If you're going to purchase email templates, you need to make sure that you're purchasing them from a trusted source from that, you know, quote, right person, um, going and, you know, sometimes they're really great freebies out, but, um, you know, I've, I've seen ones come across that just the grammar is completely incorrect or like that there's a punctuation or a spelling error or whatever. I'm like, great. I'm glad those were free, but you need to make sure that where you're getting them from is a trusted source who knows what they're talking about, who has the experience to come at it from that direction. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as you're using them as a starting block. If you take their emails, you know, verbatim, copy and paste, uh, there's a lot of things that, you know, in, a, in an email, you're trying to relay usually a part of your client experience. Um, so unless those are customized to how you deal with your clients and how you work with your clients, those templates aren't going to mean anything to you. Um, or, or, you know, I think the most important part is it doesn't sound like your voice. You know, so I, good. I was hoping you would say that. Yes. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. You know, I have a very distinct way of how I talk and, um, you know, not slang per se, but, you know, phrases that I say or things that I do. Um, and if a client can't close their eyes and read an email and hear me saying that to them, then yes. it's not right. Yes. Um, so if you get a client email, you, you know, a client template email that you're using and they're using words that you can't pronounce out loud or that you could never even spell without having autocorrect or grammarly, you know, give you a flag, like you shouldn't be using them. Yes. Um, but I think as long as you use them as a starting point to customize from, I, when I first started out, I didn't know what the most professional way was to respond to things because either one, I had never been in that situation before. I hadn't learned from an experience. I didn't know what the right things to say were. I didn't know how to address these hard things. And so at least saying from somebody that I knew and I trusted, Hey, this has happened to me before. This is how I dealt with it. These are the words and the phrases that I use to help, you know, diffuse the situation. And it worked for me and I hope it can work for you. I yeah. too hope it can work for me, but as long as it's me, and I think that's where I've learned over the years of the templates that I've come up with did start with something, um, you know, that I may have gotten from somebody else originally, but as the years go by, I have constantly adjusted and changed those um, to suit my voice and what the way that I work and the way that I talk and the way that I do business. So I don't think it's a bad option as a starting point, as long as you aren't using them as they originally came. Isn't that interesting? I think there is, um, I am a huge, huge fan of having, paying somebody to do something so that I can, that I'm not yes. at. And I think in template emails that, that you can get, and by the way, this is not leading to me selling templates. Um, this is, this <laughs> is not a lead up. This, so there, there are some, there, a couple nuggets from you that I've written yeah. down. Like Teresa says I should use the phrase. Well, well and I think that's it. There's remember. 
there are powerful mm. phrases and the phrases yeah. that I have learned, I've either invented myself or tried it once and it worked really well, or yeah. I learned them from, from somebody else. And yeah. I've now interpreted it for myself, you know, phrases like you may remember is a you really may nice remember. Way. That's what it was. <laughs> you it's may remember is a really nice way of saying, I already told you this. And Come you know, on, I think it's that <laughs> softening language without becoming a big old mush ball that is mm-hmm. missing when you purchase a template. It is yeah. meant to address a, it is a commodity. It's meant to address as many people and fit as many yes. holes as possible. So, so I don't totally disagree with template emails. There, there's certainly some um, helpful ways that they work, but I do think picking up key phrases from them. And like you said, like I've said, you know, personalizing it, Email mm-hmm. is very informal. So any, or, or very, um, sorry, email is very, it's not informal. That's not the word I'm Well, it is in a sense, but I, I know it's, what you mean. It's impersonal. Perhaps that's impersonal. the phrase. It's impersonal. So adding something that sounds so much like you or is a personal nugget of something about you reconnects a relationship. And that's really what we're trying to do in an email mm-hmm. is, is bring a relationship back together. All right. Well, do you have any closing thoughts? If you were talking to a, well, you are talking to business owners, speaking to business (laughs) owners, maybe they've received their first really uncomfortable email or they just need encouragement. You know, what would you say to our business owners out there, our fellow entrepreneurs about, you know, closing Mm -hmm. thoughts on difficult emails? Get out of your own head. I think that so often the biggest problems that we have in business are the ones that we create for ourselves and our own head that don't need to be there. You know, um, hindsight, now the phrase hindsight is 2020 is so wrong after the year that we went through. Um, (laughs) So so true though. (laughs) 2020. Um, But I think everybody's going to go through it. I think it makes you stronger. I think it makes you a better business owner. I think it makes you a better person for learning how to deal with hard situations. Um, and the good news is, is that after you've been through that hard situation, you can look back and say, I know what worked or I know maybe what didn't work. How can I do better next time? Yeah. And I think I have told this jokingly to a lot of people about 2020. It was like, how did you get through 2020? I woke up every single day and I said, okay, yesterday went great or yesterday went bad. Today is a whole new day. Can today yeah. be better than yesterday? And if it isn't, great. You get up again the next day and you try again. <laughs> and if it's better the next day, fantastic. And if it's not, you get up and you try again because yeah. eventually just trying and trying and trying, you're going to learn every single day and where you are 30 days from then, the insight that you're going to have looking back and say, you know, that wasn't as hard as I made it out to be. If I had just stood my ground to begin with, or if I had just made this one consideration, or if I had just opened up my eyes to see whatever it was, um, it would have been so much easier. So I think that when the hard emails come through or the hard, you know, conversations happen, that once you get through them, the most important thing is what you learn from them and how you're going to apply that moving forward. That's so good. I love what you said about, you know, it's about applying it forward. It's about the moment that you're living in now, the feelings that you're experiencing now, and still the knowledge that in seven years and seven minutes and seven hours, it it might not be the most significant thing in your world, even though it can feel very alarming and crushing when it first comes in. 
So I have been speaking with Amber Foster Smith of Amber Foster Smith Photography, Vend and Studio 557. She is absolutely incredible. If you're in the Cary, Raleigh, Holly Springs, Apex, Durham, Triangle area, and you are looking for an amazing creative space or just a place to be inspired, I guarantee you, you will have an amazing experience. Um, Once this amazing venue opens, we're going to be so blessed as a community to have you. And uh, I just want to say thank you for all the encouragement you do for entrepreneurs and, you know, helping women specifically have the courage to, to do what they need to do, to charge what they need to charge, to have that confidence. I think you have so much to offer. So Amber Foster Smith of Amber Foster Smith photography.com studio 557. Definitely check her out. Amber, thank you so, so much for being on with us. Thank today. you really so much for it. having me. This was so much fun. Um, and such an honor just to share things about, things I've learned over the years and hopefully give back to some of you out there who may be trying to face those difficult situations. Awesome. Thank you, Amber. You guys have, you have a good rest of your day. Go, go paint some drywall or something. Yeah. (laughs) My husband just snuck home early from work. It looks like we might be off to do more work. Oh boy. Well, pace yourself. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Thank you, Amber. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. Well, we had a fantastic discussion today with Amber about difficult client emails. I know we covered a lot of material. There is still information available and a conversation ongoing if you want to talk more about this or maybe share your own worst client email. You can read my worst client email and how I handled it, including when she asked me for other options that were me, just cheaper. Oh, yes. So if you'd like to read my worst client email and my thoughts on how you can best respond, go to TeresaPorter.com. That's T-E-R-E-S-A Porter, P-O-R-T-E-R.com. That's where we're having a conversation on the blog about my worst client email, as well as conversation in our Facebook group. We hope you will join us. It is called Business Mastery with Teresa Porter. That, of course, is me, and I would love to see you over there. If you have any thoughts about difficult client emails or any topics you would like for us to cover in the future, you can reach out to me directly at Teresa, T-E-R-E-S-A, at myfriendteresa.com. As always, I hope you keep kicking ass and taking names and not taking any crap. You guys are badasses. Keep it up and have an awesome rest of your day. Thank <laughs> you.